This is episode 47 of the Reading Coves podcast. If you're a book lover who may be interested in joining our online book club, please visit our website at thereadingcove.com. For October 2014, we're discussing The Winter People by Jennifer McMahon. So hi, I am Millennia in Florida. And I'm Roberta in Georgia. And we are two members of the Reading Cove Book Club, and we're here to discuss our 167th pick, uh, chosen by Cove member Lori in Massachusetts, and it's The Winter People by Jennifer McMahon. We're just starting our online discussion today. Well, I was pleasantly surprised to see (laughs) you rated it about a half step more than I did. (laughs) I know. That's very exciting. Well, it's rare. Yeah, it's it's rare that you like a book. You, I like a book more than you did. <laughs> right. Well, well, we're all you know uh, at different places, and, and the book may resonate with us you know differently from one person to next. Yeah, and I think the reason I I liked it so much is because I was so expecting not to. I didn't vote for it. I don't think. And it was a my type of book, you know, the, the kind of woo-woo supernatural stuff. So it wasn't my cup of tea. And I was just going into it feeling like, okay, this is just going to be another one that, you know, I know I won't like. And I was pleasantly surprised because it, it had me on the edge of my seat, especially like the last hundred pages. I could, I had to find out what was going on and it was so unpredictable. Right. You had no idea where this was going at all. I know it was, it, it was, you know, uh, very surprising sh- that she really kept the suspense up and, and kept you guessing. Cause about the time you thought, well, maybe it's this way. Then you find it. No, it's not. No, it's not exactly. <laughs> I said, and, and I probably would have given it a B plus also, but I think it's just me personally. I had a hard time keeping up where I was at because the point of view was changed. Yes, they did mark, you know, she did market like what the character was in the year and everything. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it, it had to really be that way to be effective, but it's it kept me kind of lost at different times. Yeah, a few people trying to follow a story. But I mean, it was a great story. It's just the the switching back and for, forth in time and point of view so uh, quickly that just kind of knocked me off. And, you know, otherwise it, it was, I would have given it a B plus as you did. Yeah. A few other members have said, you know, they had a hard time getting into it or they had to go back and kind of read the first few pages twice because they felt confused about the timeline and whether we are in the past or in the present and who's talking and all that. And it's because, you know, part of it is presented as uh, Sarah, Sarah's diary. Right. And, you know, her niece put together a, a compilation or a, a a, a publication of her diary, her journal entries. And then you had Sarah's direct perspective at, in some points. And then you had the perspective of uh, Martin and Gertie even. Right. Um, then you were in the present day with the present day people living in, in white, what was it called? Whitehall? White right. Chapel or wherever they, this town is in Vermont. I think it was West Hall. West Hall. Yeah. I forget. And so you were going back and forth and you kind of had to finally get used to that and then realize whose voice you were reading. And that's what I liked. I thought the voices were very distinctive. It was really layered and complex and spooky and creepy. But n- And I don't usually like spooky and creepy, but I think this was kind of light supernatural, like light on the spook and the creepiness. <laughs> right. It, it, it wasn't uh, Stephen King. Or, it wasn't, yes. There somebody was no gruesomeness, else. even though there were some violent scenes. Oh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> but it, it, it felt a little bit different than your typical, you know, extra uh, gory things that seem to be all the rage nowadays. Exactly. 
and you know the mystery the ba the basic mystery about what happened and i have to tell you i was shocked that it wasn't sarah who was who was killed that day yeah that, that surprised me <laughs> that was the biggest surprise to me you have to think also that this was back at the turn of the century so we're so used to things you know having the these uh, uh emmys and you know forensic anthropologists and everything that you see now on tv but in real life and they could uh, make sure who it was you know between dna and the body thing dental, and bones and yeah, everything else dental records. But, but they didn't have that back then, so that's why it worked well. It wouldn't, it, that wouldn't happen today. It would be too easy for um, uh, just a regular type detective to figure it out with the help of, of other people. And, you know, it helped that they were of the same build or, you know, they could have been passed off as the same person without their skin. Right. Right. <laughs> I was like, ooh, like that scene was kind of creepy, but I'm glad it wasn't described or anything like that. Right. And, you know, sometimes it's it's more scary to not see everything and know everything than to actually have it all out there in, in all of its intensity and, and, you know, yuckiness. Yeah. If, yeah. It, just to be gory or just to right. be. Yeah. And I liked how the past was always echoing in the present day narrative. Oh, yeah. I felt that. And I really like that. I like this author's writing. Um, could the back and forth have been smoother, especially in the beginning? Yeah, I think it could have. And that might be why I didn't give it an A. But I think by the end, it really worked that, you know, she you really felt the events of the past in the present. Oh, yeah. And how it was affecting Ruthie, Catherine. Um, Alice. Alice. Yeah. And, and Candace. you know. Candace, all of those characters. And I could, the last hundred pages, I couldn't, I could hardly put it down. I, I, I read them like in one shot almost. Yeah, me too. So I, I love that. And this was a, a very pleasant surprise, I must say. Good pick, Flory. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like a, a, a mystery thing. In a way, I think when I was reading it, it kind of reminded me of the turn of the screw that Henry James wrote and has been made into a movie and everything a good many years ago. Mm -hmm. It's it, There's this supernatural stuff but more than that there's a psychological mm, exactly know, element to it that makes it even more of a um a mystery slash thriller as i said i think on the last podcast that i'm not the best one to uh figure stuff out <laughs> figure stuff out i don't know what it is i've read all kinds of stuff over the years what was interesting with the way this was written she didn't just lead you down, you know, red, with red herrings. Right. You were with the characters who believed the history went a certain way. Right. And then you're, you, the reader, are discovering with these characters, you know, something that they did not know that is contradicting the historical record. So right. that was very clever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. By by not just having it out there, but you know, like you said, that you were in, really in in seeing everything through the character's eyes. Exactly. Like the history of this town and, and everybody thinks that she died that day. Nobody knows that she was alive until 19-whatever. Yeah. With Gertie out in the woods. Right, right. <laughs> and then what did you think of the end, how Catherine brought back her husband? I think it, it left it open for like a sequel to find out. Like, oh, yeah. Because Ruthie and her and Fawn, they think they got rid of 
you know, the, the instructions for bringing back dead people. Right. And they're like, okay, we got to stop this. We can't have any more Gerties or any more of this. And right. then here Catherine does it with um, whatever her husband's name Gary, was. Gary? Gary, Gary. Yeah. And, you know, the door knocks and then it leaves you suspenseful because it's like, what does Gary come back as? Is he friendly or is he foe? You know? Is he going to be, is he gonna be a, a male Gertie? Exactly. Is he going to kill somebody? <laughs> yeah. And, and then, then they kind of allude, I thought they kind of alluded in, in certain places that that Gertie wasn't the only one like this. There were, um, there might be others. There might be others out there. Maybe not just in that, that town, but other people might've come across the, the secret of, of doing this. And there were other portals in other places in the world. Right. Right. Yeah. That was interesting. So and that's kind of a creepy feeling too. So you think sometimes almost when, uh, when they have these murders, they just can't solve. solve. You know, it's not really mm-hmm. possible, but you kind of think in the back of your mind, Ooh, maybe it's like this. <laughs> exactly. Maybe they didn't find the person because they can't be found. They're not really like a true human anymore. Exactly. Yeah, that was weird. And then the mystery of what happened to Ruthie and Fawn's mother, how she just disappeared yeah. And that was so intricate and it made perfect sense by the end. It was like, wow, she, she, you know, Gertie kidnapped her because she had been all these years keeping Gertie company, trying to, you know, <laughs> do the best she could with this, you know, eternal winter person. Right. And then, you know, she couldn't get out there as much. So Gertie decides she's going to keep her here. Right. She's going to keep her there. <laughs> so yeah. she just disappears. Her daughters are like, WTF. What happened to mom? And then I did think, I I almost gave the book a lesser grade for this when it it was happening, because I thought it was so stupid that Ruthie never called the police. Yeah. I was like, are you nuts? This would not, how could she not call the police unless she knew her mother was wanted for something? You know what I mean? Yeah. I said, well, I think I was just answering one of the discussion questions on our group mm-hmm. that uh, disrespect or, or not trusting authority or whatever mm-hmm. and I'm, I mean it still is kind of not a good idea but I can see that that uh, Ruthie is is not like the typical person she's been through a lot and yeah. even though she doesn't know everything about her background yeah, and she had to be piecing together all these little memories right and little eventually she finds out that the real story of what happened but at the same time I think that even Alice had sort of told her about, you know, not trusting everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think she was just afraid that if the police came out there, there would be problems and her sister and, and she could end up being taken, ta- away. taken yeah. away, you know, to a, a temporary foster home if they couldn't find the mom. Now that, that was a good um, reason, but yeah. I, that initially she didn't think of that. So I was thinking, she was just thinking, oh, my mom hates the cop. I'm like, what? Your mother disappeared. You know, you need help. You can't just, but, and when she had Buzz driving her to Connecticut, I thought that was so stupid. (laughs) I was like, what are you doing? She's a teenager. Teenagers do stupid things. (laughs) Well, when you're a teenager, you don't make as wise a a decision a lot of times because you don't have the life experience to know these things. and. Teenagers don't always, you know, think through, well, what, this, what's going to happen if I do this? They just brainstorm or, or idea and they're kind of obsessed with doing it, especially like Ruthie was about checking on these things. But I said, but, you know, she she really loved her mom, Alice, and 
if Alice had this attitude, a lot of times, just like any other kind of forms of thinking about people positively or negatively, it's going to be passed on from the parent to the child because they're, what they know is what they see. But I think Ruthie just sort of thought along the uh, same lines of her mom, even if she didn't understand why her mom didn't like the, the police. And maybe she thought that these other people would uh, ridicule her because they did live out outside of town. And I think the people in town didn't feel real warm and fuzzy to them all the time. When um, they found the IDs in her bedroom uh-huh. that I really thought, uh-oh, this woman's a criminal. Right. You know, I thought they had, you know, done something with these two people because I couldn't imagine what other reason there could be for them to have two people's wallets. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the explanation ended up being very surprising. Oh, yeah. And yeah. just really good, you know, because right. it made sense in the context of the whole story. Oh, yeah. And I thought, good on you, because you got me, because I was thinking, okay, they must have, what else could it have been, except that yeah. they killed these people or robbed them or something? <laughs> yeah, well, and you, you, you thought, in a way, I thought before everything was revealed, almost like you said, that this house itself was almost haunted and yeah. it caused people to do bad things, because there's been other, you know, p- books and movies like that, that the the house takes over, so you almost think that, that uh Alice had done something horrible with these other people, and then now she was being repaid for this bad stuff she did. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that wasn't it at all. But that's just what you think a lot of times because that looks like what would be a logical thing. But No, yeah, this this was definitely original, and it made sense in the story, you know, that um, they met them and, and they had the journal entries right or the letter they had oh, yeah. um auntie's letter and <laughs> they go out to the woods and gertie kills them yeah <laughs> it's like, oh my god i will definitely read her uh again i know she has other books out but i'll definitely follow her new releases for sure yeah yeah because so, i like her her writing yeah i said i like the style a lot and like you said it's not many writers where you can sit there and think well i need to get up and do something else but no i gotta finish this i know exactly exactly and the last 100 pages that's that was me i i couldn't put it down it i prioritized it (laughs) It first priority you just have to because it's better if you get to keep on reading like that because if you have to put something this suspenseful and engaging down it's just hard to go back to it again and pick up where you were yeah certain feeling and a certain atmosphere in your mind exactly. and it kind of spoils it if you can't finish it that or at least that's the way it is for me with certain I, books yeah i think that that's true of reading in general uh-huh. of fiction because if you're especially with this particular book since it did all the flipping back and forth you kind of really have to invest the time to stick with it for a certain number of pages uh before you can really put it down Right. Because then you're going to be disconnected and you maybe feel like you just can't get into it. I think there was um, one or two people in the group who said they couldn't get into it. Like Robin, I know, said she couldn't get into it. And I think that's it. If, if, if you don't invest the time to like read the first 50 to 75 pages in almost one sitting, right. then you're, you're just going to be disjointed with the, 
Right. Yeah. Story. You have to, you have to find the time. I think so too. Because yeah, even when I first started it, I read a big chunk of it before I had to walk away. Exactly. That's what I had to do. And then I found myself reading it in like hundred page chunks. <laughs> right. It's good when it's brought to my attention. That's what I like so much about this book club that uh, we've over the years we've read a broad genre of books mm-hmm. and. It, it, uh, so many times somebody picks something and you think, wow, why did I never see this before? I mean, there's a few not so good ones, but that makes for a more lively discussion, I think. This this w- was a, a really good pick, and uh, I'm sorry for the people that didn't get into it because I think they've missed something that's really thought-provoking. I agree. I agree. I think uh, the lowest grade I've seen so far is from Allie. I think she gave it a C because she said the, the, the shifting didn't work for her well i'm shifting yeah well i mean that's too bad but i said but yeah you just have to pay a little bit more attention because it is a good story but you just have to uh, hunker down and pay attention to where you're going yeah and invest the time in it yeah exactly okay so that's our discussion of the winter people by jennifer mcmahon thank you for listening as always um continue leaving us your comments and stay tuned for our next episode we'll be discussing one i'm looking forward to the invention of wings by sue monk kid bye see you next time bye